0: The Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live.
1: Crossover, step back. Ah! That's a
0: Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live.
1: Is this the Tiger? Ah! It's a great night to be a Mountaineer
2: wherever you may be. Agent back to pass, rush down the pocket, throwing it downfield, it's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Wednesday the 15th and you're tuned into Panhandle Sports Live brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchen to Bath. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchen to Bath have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchen to Bath can design your new kitchen or bath. Check them out at MountaineerKitchenToBath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Warner, alongside me, Parker Stone. We'll be catching up with Luke Wiggs, who's down in Charleston for the Boys State Tournament. I'm sure, well, he's going to have a lot to tell us about because that's a pretty big Panhandle games yesterday. But before we get to that, Parker, how you doing?
3: I'm doing well here on this Wednesday. It's, it feels like this week's going really quick, just the a drone rush of what March is bringing at this point. Been a crazy week. NFL free agency's been rolling on. The NBA is getting to the wire on the stretch of its season towards the end of the way and you mentioned it right there what a couple of games we had representing the easter panhandle yesterday on the boys side hedgesville and jefferson two really competitive games both these teams came to play and i'm sure they're going to be back in the hunt definitely next year but one team is not done though as wow what a what a win for the jefferson cougars
2: yeah, that was a fun one. But uh, Hedgesville got things started bright and early uh, yesterday at nine o'clock. Nine thirty was tip off, and they had a buzzsaw. Both of these Panhandle teams had tough first round matchups. Hedgesville going up against number three Parkersburg South, unfortunately, falling seventy-seven to sixty-six. It was certainly a hard-fought match. I mean, it was intense. From just listening to it on the radio, it sounded intense. I can only imagine what it was like there at uh, the or down in Charleston. But like you said, number seven Jefferson pulling off the big-time upset. Beating number two GW fifty two to forty five and uh, here directly Parker give me one second we'll listen to the post game words from Coach Lewis but real quick uh, did you expect I mean like Coach Lewis says a couple times in this postgame interview they're not a seven seed and they didn't think no, they were not. a seven seed but they got the number that they were drawn regardless and they were able to show like look we're here to play this uh, this tournament coming around.
3: Well, the thing was, and Coach Lewis brought this up too, they had a really intense schedule this year, and it showed. And the reasoning behind that was for them to get ready for – the state tournament. They go down to Charleston midway through the season. They got beat up pretty good by South Charleston, who got eliminated in the first round by Huntington. And then the team that they bested yesterday, GW, beat them up pretty good, 79-54. to They rally in the second half. They put things together. And they do this all with Will Shively, arguably their best player, fouled out for a good portion of the fourth quarter, too. It speaks to the level of of talent on that team and the coaching led by coach lewis on that staff they've done a fantastic job with this team this season and they're one game out of the state championship game it's the same scenario they were in last season they're going to be in the semifinals can they take down parkersburg south this friday if they're able to what a momentum boost this is going
2: to be for an uphill program right now and here's coach lewis after the cougars 52 to 45 win
4: you know sometimes you can't press everybody Um, Especially when you got a division one athlete like that the six seven that can run the point So we play way better ahead because we got Jamari Jenkins. We have shooters. We can spread the floor So we try to use that to our advantage We had a couple easy misses I thought but I think that was kind of the key for us
0: I want to talk about Jamari Jenkins when you look at what he did in this game. What a great point guard You got 14 points six deals five assists five rebounds and maybe the most important thing six of six from the free throw line
4: Yeah, he's a sophomore um he gonna play division one somewhere one day um, you know he and I, and, I, and I told him I said this settled down and I thought um, he was rushing a little bit early but once he settled down he's, he's out for general um, he's just a magnificent player um, and he has a bright future but yeah he, he played lights out for us
0: you just had some key defensive plays there I just mm-hmm. remember in the fourth quarter just a, a steal from Hoffman mm-hmm. you know coming up from behind him and getting him I mean you just mm-hmm. got those plays today
4: yeah yeah and we and we and you know Hats off to my staff. We watched a lot of film, um, and we broke down pretty much everything you could break down. So some of those things, I would have been surprised if they didn't happen because um, I think we got a really good team, and I knew we wasn't in the seventh seed. Um, and I told the guys that, you know, one of the schedule schedule we played this year, uh, I never played a schedule like that at, at Jefferson. So I thought it paid dividends today because, like you said, we made those plays. we were used to being in those moments. We played against GW. played against South Charles. with went to Morgantown at the beginning of the season. Uh, we played a St. Maria Goretti, who beat a nationally-ranked team this year. So we played a really tough schedule. Um, and I thought you could see down the stretch we were we were poised. We had a couple of little mistakes here and there, but I thought defensively we were really poised and we kind of knew exactly what everybody was going to do on their team.
0: Coach, real quick, you yeah. move down to semifinal Thursday. Mm-hmm. Take on Parkersburg South. <laughs> Give me your thoughts.
4: Hey, rematch. <laughs> I think uh, we're becoming a rivalry now. Um, we're actually going to play them next year. They're going to come to our place. We're going to go to their place, too. Um, so we've been talking a lot since that game, um, and you know I learned a lot from him last year as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to it, and that was kind of our goal. We wanted to want to get to play them again. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, Hedgeville's Eastern Panhandle, I was hoping that could be all Eastern Panhandle semifinal. But if they didn't win, I definitely wanted to see uh, Parkinsburg South because it's kind of becoming a rivalry for us.
2: Man, could you imagine Jefferson-Hedgesville in the uh, semifinal matchup if if it would have worked out that way? That
3: would have been absolute scenes. Oh. I would have loved it. Could you imagine just the raucous environment? And these two teams weren't able to match up in sectional regional play this year. It would have been an absolute barn burner, and I'm sure there would be a mass run down to Charleston <laughs> from both fan bases to get to see that one. I'd have hopped
2: on a fan bus for that. For,
3: for, a, st- for a berth in the state championship, you, you can't get any better than that other than them, these two teams being in the state championship – it, it was a fantastic performance again by Jefferson. They came in with a game plan. They knew what they needed to do. And we talked it like there was only a certain amount of ways we thought Jefferson was going to win this game and they executed it and they mm-hmm. took it to perfection. Hats off to Jefferson on that. That was a really good GW team. They just beat a team that they got beat pretty good in the middle of the season. And again, they're a different team than what they were right now. They, they, Take a guy out of the game who's going to be playing Division I basketball at Ohio University and Ben Nickel. That's an impressive, impressive performance for this team. And again, Will Shively out for a majority, I believe, of that fourth quarter too and able to do that again, just speaks to the levels of Coach Lewis and that staff. They're proving they are head and shoulders right now the most consistent team in the panhandle. And again, I'm just hats off to Coach Lewis and that staff. What a fantastic game plan put together! And let's see if they can do it again against Parkersburg South. They have the tape out. They have some ideas. I'm sure Coach Lewis might get some, a little bit of insight from Coach Church on how what to really defend this Parkersburg South team. You got to look out for a guy like Cyrus Traw. You got to get another Division One athlete. He's going to be going to play football at Youngstown State. It's going to be a scouting effort. I think on that team once again, if they're able to scout and kind of formulate their game plan because parkersburg can run with jefferson that's Mm -hmm. that's the kind of the matchup there it's two similar styles how are they going to be able to counteract that when they're having the same style coming at them and not a different one like gw brought with using their bigs as an advantage that's what i'm interested to see
2: well, Jefferson moving on, and uh, like we said, unfortunately, Hedgesville losing in their first round matchup, sixty six to seventy seven to Parkersburg South, and that is who Jefferson will be facing tomorrow at eleven fifteen a.m. We'll have you covered right here on WPM. We got you covered this whole tournament, wall to wall, either right here on the air or over on Twitter at EP Sports Network. We got the whole post game press conference with the Jefferson uh, boys. You got Coach Richard Lewis in there, Will Shively, Jaden Gladney, Jamari Jenkins. That's all over at EP Sports Network. Got clips from the game. Uh, you can. And see, I love the video uh, that popped up of uh, Jefferson celebrating in the tunnel after the game. I thought that was perfect seeing them go. But if you want to watch that, you can see all that over at EP Sports Network. But looking at your slated games today on WPM, we'll get started with the action at one o'clock. It'll be number two, Bluefield, taking on number seven, Wheeling Central Catholic. Again, it's at one o'clock. Then the afternoon or the evening slated games that, of course, we'll have all of them right here on WPM. Number one, Williamstown in uh, Class Two A, taking on number eight, or number eight Trinity in Class A. Tug Valley taking on Wahama, and number and in Class Two A, number four t- Charleston Catholic taking on South Harrison. That's the nice nightcap. At 9 p.m. All kinds of basketball on the airwaves. Parker?
3: Loaded. It's it's that time of the year. we got high school ball. It's getting ready to wrap up. College tournament starting up right now. Speaking of college tournaments, shout out to West Liberty winning the Atlantic region on the boys' yeah. side yesterday. Big win over IUP over on their turf with IUP hosting the Atlantic regions. That's a tough place seed. to win. We've seen it's it a, firsthand. It's a big, big arena IUP plays in. So they're able to come in, beat them by almost 22. What a, what a performance by West Liberty. They're going to the Elite Eight on the men's side. And it's just been a consistent consistency over at West Liberty for a while. We spoke of consistency with Glenville State's head coach, Kim Stevens, of that Pioneers program yesterday. It's been really consistent over at West Liberty as well, their long term success. And you hate to see it on IUP. One game short of going to Mm. national events in football and basketball. Dang it. Hate. Hate to see it. Just
2: hate to see it. Tell you what, nothing makes me happier than seeing IUP losing anything.
3: Yeah, me, you, and me both. We're we're the same way. You can. We need a sticker that just says IUP haters <laughs> on our uh, on our jackets or something. Because you on know our shirts. You yeah. know, it, it just feels. It feels good. It's a good day when IUP loses. That's all I'm going to say there. But congrats again to West Liberty going to play in the Elite Eight on the men's
2: side. Well, Parker, you talk about all the action going on. you got high school basketball, college basketball, but you also got the 31st Annual Tough Man Contest coming back to Martinsburg. Going to be at the Berkeley Rec Center coming up uh, on Friday on the 17th. Doors open at 30. First bout is at 7 o'clock, and uh, we want to send some people to the Tough Man. We got two, three packs of tickets here, so you, your buddy, uh, and your other buddy, you and whoever you can take, however you want to spend these three, or use these three tickets, we got them for you, but... As always, Parker, got to make people work for some of these things, right? Absolutely. uh, We'll have you text in to our text line, 304 263 4321. First person to answer this question correctly, will get uh, the first set. We got two packs of three tickets for the tough man. So the first set, you got Texas 304 263 4321. Who is the last Panhandle boys team to win a state basketball championship? First person to text us three zero four two six three four three two one gets a three pack of tickets to the Tough Man uh, contest coming up here at the Berkeley Rec Center in Martinsburg on Friday. But who was the last Panhandle boys team to win a state championship? Text us three zero four two six three four three two one. We'll step aside, and be back with more Panhandle Sports live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network.
0: It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. I'm Jordan Winter, alongside me, Parker Stone. We'll be catching up with Luke Wiggs down in Charleston momentarily. But uh, we were talking, and we're still trying to give away these tickets. haven't gotten the right answer yet on who was the last boys' Panhandle basketball team to win a state championship. If you text us the right answer, 304-263-4321, first person to do so We'll get a three-pack of tickets to the Tough Man competition coming up on Friday. But you got Texas. He was the last Panhandle boys team to win a state basketball championship. And, Parker, have you, uh, you ever been to a Tough Man? I have not been to a Tough Man,
3: but I, I do have a little bit of experience. A uh, friend of mine actually won a Tough Man down when I was still at school at Concord over in the Princeton area. So it was a guy who I i ran track with him he was a thrower and i ran track and he was on concord's football team as a linebacker and he's now actually pursuing a professional wrestling career huh. right now he's doing really good at it too his uh if you want to go check his stuff out it's uh he goes by the mad dog blade brown is his is his name he his actual name's dwayne but really cool what he's been doing but he there's pictures you can find of him winning the tough man down in the princeton area there i'll show you the picture right here there he is right there the uh the winner right there. hey he's a big boy. He's big. He's a big dude. He's probably about, I'd say probably about 5'10", 5'11". He's a tank. I'd say probably about two forty, two fifty. 250. Ooh. Big dude. Big, big dude. So if you if you want to see some big hosses like that going at it at the Tough Man, go ahead. Go answer our trivia question. The last Panhandle Boys team to win a state championship. I'll give you a hint. It's been in the last decade. Yeah. It's been in the last it's been decade. been that long ago. So it's not... 1943 or something crazy like that it's been in the last decade last panhandle boys team to win a state championship in basketball let me know go texas right now
2: yep 304-263-4321 i've only been to one tough man and it was here in martinsburg my granddad took me i was young i remember walking into the rec center and it felt like i was literally walking into madison square garden it felt huge right a huge (laughs) stage right in front chairs everywhere for people to sit in and i didn't really know what i was expecting i thought I was going to watch like real boxing, which I guess you are watching real boxing. Yeah, but, technically. Yeah, but um, not the most trained individuals necessarily out there. And I remember seeing that first, the first bout. And I can't remember who the people were, of course, but um, they were just throwing the most awkward looking punches and then they both just fell down out of exhaustion and then they had to guess a winner and just, <laughs> that's great Which i thought was pretty good because they couldn't do it they couldn't they couldn't like, outlast uh... each other but tough mans are they're a good time and uh, you might know somebody in the tough man this year maybe you're in it and you want to hook some people up with some tickets we got three of them to give you you got texas 304-263-4321 who the last panhandle team uh, boys basketball team to win a state championship 304 263 Four, three, two, one. Quickly want to mention this as well. Uh, with Shepard Baseball, former Shepard Baseball player, uh, Bretton Doyle was reassigned to Triple A. Had a good spring uh, training, batted 286, three runs scored, six RBIs, three stolen bases. Pretty good. Um, but he got sent back down to Triple A just to work him through a little bit more. And uh, the reporters are saying that. Uh, we should be seeing him up with the Rockies for his debut this year. So shout out to uh, former Ram, Brenton Doyle and Rams baseball playing pretty well too. I have to check that out and softball. They just swept. Still pretty rock. I think. I think so. I'll, I'll confirm for you here in a moment,
3: yeah, but I can't remember exactly they, both baseball and softball have been playing really good right now for shepherd. So the spray, the spring is starting off well for Rams fans. I know, no, the winner, you're trying to get over that. The Rams had another heartbreaker on the road to end basketball season. But it's looking good. So the Rams are 9-6 and six in baseball this season. They lost, They split with Virginia State over last weekend.
2: Yeah, they had a tough start to the season.
3: Yeah, and then they split with nationally ranked East Strasburg, they're 18th in the nation. So they lost 2-8 in the first game and then won that and won 7-2. They play again. They got a two-game series over in Shepherdstown. if you want to go check them out. Today and two, well, two game series today against West Liberty at one and three thirty. So if you want to go check that one out, that's the uh, opportunity to go check out Rams baseball. Now for softball, I have to see how they're doing. They were having a really good stretch. I think I mm-hmm. think they won like they're, yeah they're thirteen and three right now. They're yeah, rolling. They're playing really well. They're looking really really good, which is exciting to see for this team. They beat Bentley. This past two, well, yesterday they beat Bentley eight zero, and then their next game is going to be, well, they're in a series down in Florida right now, mm-hmm. actually, so they're playing a big summer series down in Florida. Then they'll be back over in Shepherdstown on the 24th of March. They'll have a series against... Well, they have back-to-back series against East Strasburg and Bloomsburg and then a series against Shippensburg towards the end of March. So, Rams softball is looking really good right now. It's exciting to see.
2: Well, I met, uh, said Slippery Rock, but what I should was Salem. Uh, still green, still an S logo. Yeah, so it's a green S, same thing. Me. But thanks to our uh, buddy over at uh, Shepherd University, Chip Ransom, uh, sent us over. Shepherd University uh, softball, 13-3, gained a pair of wins in five innings and in softball action at the spring games on Tuesday. The Rams earned a 10-0 win in an early game against Salem, 6 six and then an AO eight o triumph, like you said, over Bentley uh in the later contest in the game. Shepard ran its uh win streak up to twelve. So there you rolling. go. Shout out to Rammy's softball. Always fun of that and you said they got games, uh baseball games up there today. Be a tough Tough day, weather day to get out, and sit at a baseball game. I think
3: it's a tough day to go hit a baseball with all the wind. Is so that's that's that uh, that slider might have a little bit more movement to what it actually would be. So you just put it on a tee, and I wouldn't definitely want to hit it. definitely a uh, tough tough day to be a batter in the box today over over in Shepherdstown. But on that softball team, they got three girls right now that are hitting over four hundred. Mm-hmm. It's it's really impressive, it, and they're looking really good. Hopefully, they keep the momentum going. It will be really cool to see this. Rams softball team make a little bit of a run here but you get into the thick of the PSAC play we know how tough this conference is all the way around and all its sports so we'll have to see if this comes to fruition right now it's kind of the early stages once we get into the later spring trending towards early summer I think we'll get a more of a clear picture of where the heights of this softball and really the baseball team are going to be at which is going to be exciting to see
2: you can always get in touch with us on our Twitter page at EP Sports Network. You can text us 304 263 4321. Maybe our question was a little too tough, Parker. Maybe we got to give something else. Well, different question.
3: Maybe we should narrow it down a little bit. Okay. Oh, wait. Hang on. Hang on. We hang got a winner? on. On command. On wow. command. We
2: get a text. Uh, Again, 304-263-4321. We want to know who the last Panhandle boys basketball team was to uh, win a state championship. If you text us the correct answer, you get a three-pack of tickets to this Friday's Tough Man Contest. And we got a, uh, a response here. Martinsburg 2013. And if I had a bell, I would ring it because that is correct. Martinsburg, uh, their last, pay, well, the last Panhandle Boys State Championship was Martinsburg in 2013. They lost Martinsburg, uh, lost a couple of state championships there in the last couple of years, lost a GW 62 to 41, but they were able to win that one in 2013. So uh, I'll text you back here in a second. Actually, text me your name and stuff and your information, um, and then uh, we'll get in touch with you. But there you go martinsburg 2013 and shout out to the texter for winning a three-pack of tickets to the uh, tough man contest coming up on friday and if you're like man i knew it didn't have a chance to text in well we got another chance for you coming up at the end of the show for another three-pack of tickets so stick around uh, and we'll be back with more and we'll be catching up with luke wiggs here after the break on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network panhandle sports live your home for sports in the panhandle
0: here's jordan luke and parker
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensabath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Short, nice winner alongside me, Parker Stone. I'm catching up with uh, Luke Wicks here in a second, but I want to shout out our uh, first three pack of Tough Man ticket tickets winner, Wanda, for texting the right answer of who was the last Panhandle boys basketball team to win a state championship. Martinsburg, 2013, was the last winner of a state championship. There you go. So shout out to Wanda. Thanks for tuning in, and we got your tickets for you here uh, at the radio station. Come by and get them. And we're going to be giving away another three pack of tickets here at the end of the show. Maybe give a little easier, <laughs> easier answer than that one. We should do a little digging to try and find that one. But one person I know that knew that answer immediately, more than likely, was Luke Wiggs, who is joining us
1: on the line. Luke, good morning. Good morning. I was there in 2013, uh, and I was there when Joe Bouquet called the timeout in 2016. Uh, when Martinsburg didn't have a timeout against uh, uh, crowd it was university and uh, and lost that game as well so I, I, I did know the answer
2: well, good thing that you are excluded from any of the contests. <laughs> but how are things going down there? Had an exciting day for Panhandle teams yesterday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the Vegas Raiders are are doing everything in their power to make sure that I don't enjoy my time down here at the State Tournament. Uh, But yesterday, it was honestly, it was really entertaining basketball. Hedgesville gave it their best shot. They lose that game by 11. But what Mike Fallon, the head coach of Parkersburg South, had to say about Hedgesville was nothing short of exemplary. And I don't know if you guys were able to pick up on the radio. It got a little, it got chippy. there. I mean, it was two teams that just, really did not like each other in-game, and then once the game was over, just had a tremendous amount of respect for each other. You know, Noah Brown came in. I'm sure if you played uh, Coach Kelly Church's comments, or you could hear him on Twitter. You know, he he praised Brown, didn't play a lot this season, but stepped up because of foul trouble in that game and really presented some defensive challenges to Cyrus Traw and the like. And Traw in the post game said, hey, you know, I'm a football player. I like playing like that. So that just came up short. But, I mean, they had three quarters of a really, 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 really good game plan. Um, it's just Parkersburg South's a talented team, and then Jefferson did it. I mean, talk about that turnaround. You lose by 25 points to GW in the regular season. You come back around, you beat them, you lead the majority of the game. Will Shively hits those five threes in the first quarter. You're riding high. You pull that big upset, and now you match up with Parkersburg South, which from a matchup standpoint, from Jefferson's sake, uh, with the exception of the 6'8 kid inside, Parkersburg South is a much better matchup, so they've got a puncher's chance and a chance to you know, uh, uh, rewrite some history because Parkersburg South was the, was the team, of course, that eliminated them in the semifinals last year. Um, and then you know, panhandle adjacent, Morgantown comes in against Bridgeport, has a dominant game, and Shepard commit, Brody Davis goes for 20 points, 7 rebounds and 6 assists. Did a lot of things well. You know, he did a lot of things in that game that we hope he can do for Shepard in the future. Um, it was a ton of fun. Huntington was the other quad A team that won. They dominated South Charleston in that rematch. And then single A games, Clay Battelle might be the most frustrating team in the state tournament, uh, but their front line, six eight six 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 was able to get it done against Webster County. And then we got the CELI Allen play for top seed in James Monroe. The other single A game, he was three assists shy of a triple-double. Uh, He was playing really entertaining basketball as well. So, yeah, it was great to see at least one team advance. I think the Panhandle biggest takeaway for me, you could hear from the coaches and just the people of the media that I was talking to. I think they garnered a lot of respect after yesterday's games.
3: Which is good, too. That was one of our biggest gripes throughout this. On the boys' and the girls' side was the lack of respect and the seating on the girls' and, and the boys' and the uh, Spring Mills girls were the number three-ranked team in the final eight people on the girls' side. So I want to go back to that Jefferson game for you, Luke. So when Will Shively fouls out in that fourth quarter, was there any type of – Duress coming from any well the Jefferson fan base, any of the players from Jefferson because that's a guy he hit five threes in this game already and he fouls out. Was there kind of a little bit of a moment where it's like okay they got to find somebody else or was it kind of cool and relaxed throughout that whole arena?
1: Well, yes and no. Uh, For me sitting there watching the game, I was concerned for Jefferson's sake, but you saw Shively go to the bench and immediately start cheering on his side. You know, I think he didn't let heads drop and he was aware of it too. Obviously, he said you know the whole game. I'm thinking this could be my last game, but his body language and the coaching staff getting around him and the players in the game, you know, while it was the three leading scorers that propelled Jefferson and Shively, Gladney, and Jenkins, there were big plays made. You know, Johnson kept the ball moving. There's a couple of big threes hit by Vickers. You know, Chet Gore, he only comes in for three or four minutes, but gave them really good minutes. So, Nobody really, from a body language standpoint, dropped. With that said, I don't think Jefferson could get away with Shively fouling out of another game. Uh, But no, with them having the lead at that time, and Jamar Jenkins, you know, had just, they looked like a globetrotter out there dribbling around the press when they were trying to foul. They were in pretty good hands even after Shively left.
3: And I wanted to ask you this, too, Luke. A bunch of single and double-A games going on today. If you had a pick for game of the day, what are you going for? we got Bluefield and Wheeling Central Catholic coming up later today. Another one, Tucker County and East Hardy. That's going to be a fun matchup, too. Charleston Catholic and South Harrison rounding out tonight's action. If you had to pick a game of the day, what are you looking at for today?
2: And with that in mind, well, our coverage starts at 1. <laughs>
1: Um, to be honest with you, I'm really interested with individual talent today. From South Harrison, obviously, we know Austin Peck broke the three-point record. They've got Corey Bolden as well, who's a highly coveted Division II player. So I'm excited to see them play. Charleston Catholic, um, I-, I can say this on a panhandle broadcast, their coach looks like Professor Plum. Uh, he's a really interesting guy. And it's been a shame that he hasn't been able to get back to Charleston. His name escapes me, I forget. But uh Charleston Catholic's a very well-coached team. And then you mentioned the Tucker game. Tucker's got just a, an insane amount of history for being that small of a school. And we've gotten to see his tardy play this year. You know, I'm excited. Uh, you talk about unique names, JW It's the first time that gets said on the PA. I'm going to look around and see how people react to it. <laughs> uh, but those, those are the, certainly the two games I was interest, I'm was i interested in seeing. We had five pretty good games yesterday. I know South Charleston pulled away from Huntington um, that uh, James Monroe Cameron game was kind of brutal. Cameron didn't score from the 3-15 mark until halfway through the third quarter. But other than that, the games were really competitive. You know, we've had that concern when we went to four classifications. Uh, was it going to be competitive basketball? And yesterday it was certainly very competitive basketball. I expect that to be the same today.
2: We're chatting with Luke Wiggs, who's down on location at the boys' state basketball tournament. So let's look ahead at Jefferson's matchup tomorrow, eleven fifteen against Parkersburg South. The winner of that game plays the winner of Morgantown and Huntington in the championship game. Morgantown blowout victory over Bridgeport was that that was kind of expected, right?
1: You know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't because Morgantown smiles better than Bridgeport, but. There's a regular season game this season. That was Morgantown's closest margin of victory against an in-state team. They only beat Bridgeport by four. So people thought that, uh, you know, four and the like for, the, for, for Bridgeport would have a chance to play a competitive game, but uh, Morgantown's too good. I mean, they're bringing players off the bench that would be the second or third best player to, for Bridgeport, with all due respect, um, but Morgantown's so long and lengthy. Uh, I, I think Huntington will give them some athletic st- uh, challenges, but... You talk about looking ahead for Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Parkersburg South, a big hurdle. You could make the argument that of the other three teams remaining, the team that Morgantown wants to play the least is Jefferson. Not from a talent standpoint or a physicality standpoint, but if Jefferson can hit shots like they did in the first quarter uh, in that game against GW yesterday, they present some challenges that uh, Morgantown's going to have a difficulty rising up to. So you have to wonder um, if Dave Tolman is rooting for Park South in that game to get a rematch of the quad A final from last year, just because he's not interested in playing the Cougars.
2: And again, that'll be at eleven fifteen tomorrow. Jefferson taking on Parkersburg South. We'll have that right here on WPM and WCST, and we have the rest of the uh, games as well uh, here th- throughout the day. One final question for you, Luke. Before we let you go, we got West Virginia Maryland tomorrow. Uh, I think now. Don't get. I have to have you check this for me, Parker. I think Maryland's favored. No, West, Virginia's West favored. West Virginia's favored. I so. believe point and a half is what is favored right now. So how you feeling on that one?
1: Well, you know, from a metric standpoint, West Virginia is a significantly better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that the Big Ten and Kevin Willard's got a pretty good program going there at Maryland, but West Virginia, from a metric standpoint, uh, they're going to have to go up against a tough Maryland defense, the 25th, I believe, in the nation in points allowed, but the Mountaineers have so many different players playing well at the right time. The Matthews, for whatever reason, plays well in March. Eric Stevenson, we know what he's been able to do for this team. They're getting more production inside from James Okonkwo, Ketrian Johnson. He's it, it, gone from somebody that was a non-factor offensively to putting up 20 points per game. I think West Virginia is playing a really complete game right now. I'm a little concerned. Uh, from the Terrapin standpoint, about their leading scorer, Jameer Young, presents some problems part as well. But Maryland's not an incredibly deep team. If you're able to, to cut off the head of the snake of one of those two players, I think it would be a win for West Virginia. Uh, but I know it's going to be a pretty competitive game. The committee claims that they don't make matchups like this on purpose. They just happen. Everybody knows that's a lie. Uh, I know that both teams will play up to this rivalry.
2: Well, again, chatting with Luke Wiggs down in Charleston for the boys' state basketball tournament. I guess you're probably getting ready to head back over to uh, the arena, huh?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. In the hotel right now, head back across the street and uh, check and see what horrible expatriate the Raiders have signed in the last 12 hours. <laughs> I believe.
3: How are you feeling after that? The uh, of course that was the big thing going on in our uh, chat yesterday was Darren Waller heads from your Raiders to my Giants. I'm I'm offering the invitation for you if you want to jump ship. I got some <laughs> I got some Giants navy blue on the way for you.
1: Yeah, the Raiders. I'll tell you what, man. They don't. They did not make it easy. They're a, a dysfunctional franchise and a laughing stock of the NFL. But uh, you know what, what? What can you do? You kind of expect it at this point.
2: Well, Luke, appreciate you taking a little time this morning to chat with us. Stay up to date uh, with everything Luke's uh, reporting on over at EP Sports Network and on his Twitter page uh, as well. But, Luke, thanks again, man. Thanks, guys. And that's Luke Wiggs uh, down in Charleston for the boys' state basketball tournament. And the tough thing, of course, we're all you know super happy about Jefferson you know advancing and uh, playing as well as they did. But then I'm scrolling through Twitter here uh, and a uh, video from one of the G uh, George Washington kids uh, during the press conference. He's you know crying oh, it's his video. last game, and that's Awful. tough, man. You forget about the, uh, the opposite end of it when it was your tough. team wins.
3: Yeah, I saw that video yesterday afternoon too. It was it was emotional. It was, he talked about just how much that program meant to him that four years up there uh that, those are the moments that just that get you when you mm-hmm. when you watch high school sports you get four years of this and then once it's done it's done and it's the same way when you go to college too you see some of these guys we saw John Preston's career at Shepard get ended no way an athlete wants to end He's, yeah he has to sit on the bench and watch his basketball career be done and that that's the hard part with sports sometimes things just don't bounce your way and in that case, it happened for that kid at GW. I believe that's the Ohio commit is yeah. who that video came from. But thankfully, he's got four more years of basketball going his way. He's going to go be an Ohio Bobcat. And looking forward to see what he does over that way, too. We're seeing a lot of college talent in this, too. We mentioned Brody Davis, who's going to be a Shepherd Ram next he had a great year. game. Yeah, he did have a really great game. And it's good to see that piece is going to be added to a Rams team. But we're looking for big things once again next year. A lot of fun talent right now in the state tournament, so I encourage you to check it out. You're going to see some big-time athletes here in the state tournament, especially today, mainly your single-A and double-A action. Then tomorrow, of course, Jefferson's Jefferson's going to be playing Parkersburg South in a game that's
2: going to be big-time. A lot of scoring in that one. You don't want to miss out on it. Again, we'll have your coverage starting right here at 1 p.m. on on uh, WPM and WCST for your West Virginia State Basketball Tournament. And we'll take you through the whole rest of the games uh, today. And then it'll be pretty much the same thing tomorrow, Friday, and then for the championship games on Saturday. And hopefully we get a uh, Jefferson championship game on Saturday because they'd have the nightcap 7 p.m. game, uh, which would certainly be a fun one. But we got three more tickets, Tough Man tickets, uh, to give out. And, um, well... You got a question for him, Parker? I do, yes. So since March Madness is underway, and we'll
3: talk a little bit more about the brackets and stuff like that when we come back from our last break. So with that, Kansas is the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They have the longest streak of being in the NCAA tournament in consecutive years. It is over... Is a long stretch now. They almost gave uh, I almost answer. gave it away. I almost <laughs> gave it away there. I, I held my tongue. But they have the longest active streak of making the NCAA tournament in consecutive years. So, text us the answer, 304 263 The last year, the Kansas Jayhawks did not make the NCAA tournament. If you text us that answer, hmm. you win three tickets to the West Virginia Tough Man going on. Again, the last year that Kansas did not make the NCAA tournament. I'll give you a hint. It is before the year 2000. So you'll have to throw that in there. Three zero four two six three four three two one. The last year, Kansas did not make the NCAA tournament.
2: In Texas, the right answer. First person in Texas, the right answer. Gets three tickets to Friday's Tough Band contest. Hmm, before 2000. Of course, you're not going to tell me if I'm right or not. But uh, I would probably say, I'm trying to think. Kansas. 90. Am I right? Well, you can't tell me. I'm not going to say. I can't I would, say. I, my guess would be 90. 94 feels right, but I don't know. You text us the right answer, 304-263-4321. The first person that lets us know when the last time Kansas was not in a NCAA tournament gets three tickets to go see the Tough Man contest on Friday. Texas 304-263-4321. We'll step aside one final time. We'll come back. We'll get Parker's picks and wrap things up here on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network.
0: Mix up your sports coverage with Panhandle Sports Live. Heard on the Panhandle News Network.
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. Brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Parker Stone.
3: Yeah, well that's called beginner's luck. 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 Uh.
1: Luck. Uh. Luck.
3: Yeah, I like to call this my luck of the day. Proven, it It's never fails. Never failed once. It was another two-for-three outing yesterday for Parker's picks, and I don't know what's been going on. It's been the month of both my bonus picks hit and my lock of the day is cursed. I don't know what's going on with it, but yesterday's picks, I had Devin Booker going for over 29.5 20, points. Barely gets it with 30 as the Bucks lose. Well, the Bucks beat the Suns 116-104. to 104. The Oklahoma City Thunder, they were down, I, I think, 10-plus at some point in the first half. Get a second-half comeback. They beat the Brooklyn Nets 121-107. to The one-and-a-half spread was my second bonus pick. But the Denver Nuggets ended up losing to the Toronto Raptors 125-110 to last night. That was yesterday's lock of the day. And a little bit of concern right now going on with the Nuggets. They've lost four straight games. There's a little bit of a worry going on right now. And I'll ask you this. Are the Nuggets just built to win in the regular season and they can't win in the playoffs? Because it, it just seems to be that way. Because Everybody's talking about, well, is should Nikola Jokic win another MVP when he gets bounced in the second round of the NBA playoffs again?
2: No, I think you're right.
3: It's I don't know. And a lot of people are pushing for Joel Embiid to win MVP this year, which, I mean, I, I think he deserves an MVP at this rate. He's been playing at a high level. You could have argued one of the years Jokic won it, Embiid should have won it. If Philadelphia keeps going up the way they are, I think Jason Tatum should be in the the argument for MVP as well. Probably Giannis too. But there's a lot of names. There's a lot of names to go into that conversation. But let's get into today's Parker's picks. I'm going for today's lock of the day. The last two first four matchups are going on tonight. The first of those is going to be Fairleigh Dickinson and Texas Southern. That's not where I'm going to turn, though. I'm going to turn to the late game. Nevada, Arizona State. I got the Sun Devils as today's lock of the day. They're favored by two and a half points against Nevada. I like the way the Sun Devils are playing. They bested Arizona in, I don't think it was the Pac-12 tournament because they won the tournament. I think it was the final regular season game of the season. Arizona State beat Arizona. That kind of saved them and got them into the tournament. I think they beat Nevada in this first four matchup in advance to solidify themselves as an 11 seed in their side of the bracket. Today's lock of the day. The Sun Devils best the Wolf Pack in Nevada today. I've got the Washington Capitals as well beating the Buffalo Sabres. They're over at the Capital One Center tonight. Game's going to be at 7 o'clock. So if you're not one to watch basketball, which I don't know why you are, but the Capitals, I got them beating the Sabres tonight as well as some NBA action. I have De'Aaron Fox going for 26 or more points tonight against the Chicago Bulls. The Kings are the number one scoring offense in the NBA this season. They're playing over in the United Center in Chicago. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. We got a lot of fun players in that matchup De'Aaron Fox, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. There's going to be a lot of points put up in that game. So I got De'Aaron Fox's over on points for tonight. So today, once again, full slate of Parker's picks. Lock of the day. Arizona State beats Nevada in this first four matchup tonight at 9 o'clock. The Washington Capitals beat the Buffalo Sabres, and De'Aaron Fox goes for 26 or more points against the Chicago Bulls this evening. And the way those games are staggered, it's pretty good, too. The gaps start at 7. The Bulls Kings game starts at 8, and then the uh, Arizona State Nevada games at 9 o'clock. So you can have all three run at the same time.
2: All right. Well, uh, Parker, we got people wondering if they won this final three pack of tickets to go see the Tough Man competition uh, or contest here in Martinsburg on Friday. Doors open at 5. Uh, first bout at 7 o'clock. You asked the question before we went to break when was the last time the Kansas Jayhawks did not, did not? make an appearance at the NCAA tournament. First person, Texas right answer. Three zero four, two six, three, four, three, two, one. We got two, uh, potential answers here. Parker. We'll just, I'll let you say yes or no to them. Got a texture here saying 1996. That is incorrect. And I got a text here saying 1998. That is incorrect. So, uh, it's a little bit. It is before. Yeah before. yeah. before a little bit before. So 1998. we'll, we'll
3: do a five year time range. Cause we're running a little short on time here. Five year time range for you to guess here. So, between the years, and I got to do my math here, 1987 and 1991. That's that's the time range. 1987 and 1991 is your time frame for when Kansas would have missed the NCAA tournament. So there's your time range. It's in that five-year span. Text your answer right now. Three zero four two six three four three two one. It's between 1987 and 1991. Is the last time the Kansas Jayhawks oh, didn't make the NCAA tournament?
2: Got text here. 1989. We got a winner. There you go. Three zero four two six three four three two one. That's the WPM Panhandle Sports Live text line, and we got ourselves a winner. The last time the Kansas Jayhawks did not make an appearance in the NCAA tournament was 1989. They were. That's it's crazy looking at their Wikipedia for NCAA tournament appearances. I mean, every year in the 2010s, every year in the Naughties, as I heard somebody call it the other Naughties. day. Yeah, the, uh, the 2000s. Um, 98, 97, 96, 95, 4, 3, 2, 1, 1990, and then 1988. There you go. 1989 is the correct answer. We'll get your information uh, here momentarily. Uh, so uh, be expecting a text texter, but 1989 is the correct answer. There you go. Yeah, no, love, no. love to see it. Can you imagine being a Kansas fan and just being having your team in the tournament every year? Spoiled fan base, unreal. Spoiled fan
3: base. Speaking of spoiled fan bases, how about UNC opting not to play in the NIT? I love it. <laughs> no, I think but, it's great.
2: I think it's fantastic. It's, it's why su- not?
3: It's such a spoiled kid type of move, though. I love like, it. It's, I, I'm just not a fan of it. it why not play? What do you got to
2: lose? Pride? Yeah. We're, were UNC were too good for the NIT? Mm-hmm. I remember. I don't think. There were that stretch in the 2000s with Maryland basketball. Um, They're really good, but then a couple years, I think they were in the NIT, and I think they only played it one year. It was at Did the guard. Is it still at the Garden? I think, or as far as I garden. know.
3: Speaking of the NIT, I think Rutgers was the one seed. I think they almost went to overtime in their first game. I'd mm-hmm. have to see the uh, final of that one. I wasn't able to check the ending, but they uh, they were in a tight one. Yeah, they lost to Hofstra. In the opening round of the NIT. So I guess Rutgers, if you were complaining about the Scarlet Knights not making the tournament, I guess they made it for a—they didn't get in for a good reason because they lost in the opening round of the NIT. Right.
2: Well, what else you got uh, on your radar, Parker? So
3: so we mentioned it when Luke came on and talked with us. Of course, we got full stop coverage of more of the state tournament starting off at 1 o'clock this afternoon. The uh, blockbuster trade between the Giants and the Raiders, Darren Waller, gets sent to New York for a third-round pick. And funny enough, it's the uh, pick they got from the Kansas City Chiefs in the Kadarius Toney trade. So people have been saying in a roundabout way it basically was Kadarius Toney for Darren Waller in like a three-team trade Mm -hmm. all the way around. So it's a great pickup for the Giants. I'm really excited what Darren Waller is going to bring to the offense. I love him at the tight end spot. He's a physical freak. And if he can stay healthy, it's a great pickup. And the way the contract's laid out for him, I think he has two void years as well. So if it doesn't work out, they can get out of the contract pretty easy. It's a great piece of business for Joe Shane in that front office over in New York. For the Raiders, it's interesting. It seems like they're trying to go for New England Patriots light. They signed Jacoby Myers, one of the Patriots slot receivers. So there's kind of speculation, are they going to trade Hunter Renfro? That could be another possibility too. But I love that piece of business for the Giants. They needed offensive weapons for Daniel Jones. If you can't find a wide receiver in a weak market, go after a good tight end and Darren Waller. Some of the other big deals that went down, Stephon Gilmore got traded from the Colts to the Cowboys. The Colts look like they're going on a full-blown rebuild. They deal Gilmore to Dallas. And then as well, Kazir White, former Mountaineer linebacker, inks a deal with the Arizona Cardinals. David Montgomery, Bears running back, flips in division, goes from the Bears to the Lions which is sad because now there's a really good chance that – we love that Jamal Williams clip Mm -hmm. of him crying Mm -hmm. and then talking about that. There's a good chance I don't think he's going to be in Detroit next year after that, which is sad to see. And I think the uh, big thing on everybody's mind today is going to be later this afternoon at 1 o'clock on the uh, the illustrious Pat McAfee show.
2: <laughs> Who would have thought that show would end up being as important in the sports world as like
3: this? This feels like the NFL's version of the decision, <laughs> the way it's coming down to. Aaron Rodgers is going to be live on the Pat McAfee show at 1 o'clock this afternoon. I, I'm guessing it's going to be a decision on his future. It's looking like it's going to be a trade in the New York Jets, the way it's looking right now. They signed Alan Lazar. They signed Mercedes Lewis. There's potential there. There's been rumblings about them going after Randall Cobb and Odell Beckham, too. So it's it's trending towards Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. is looking more and more like a reality. We'll have to see what happens. I don't know if he's going to break the trade on the Pat McAfee show. Could but you imagine? That, I don't know. It, that would be insane, insane television if that were to happen, if we have just Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers breaking an NFL trade just live on the air. But I do want to mention this as well, the whole John Moran situation. It seems like from all accounts, he's probably done for the rest of the year. <laughs> he checked himself into an into a rehabilitation facility over in Florida. And, you know, I'm just happy he took the step. No one forced him to go down there. He did it himself. I'm I'm happy he did that for himself. Get no, he something. needed to. Yeah, he needed to. He really did. He's been struggling with stuff. I hope he gets himself right. Get down there. Just It's bigger than basketball at this point. I hope he comes back okay because he's one of the most fun players in the league when he's out there and playing. So I hope he gets all right. But Aaron Rodgers, we're going to find out something at 1 o'clock today. So... I'm excited to see what it's going to be.
2: Well, if you missed any of the show today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page for Parker and Luke, who's down in Charleston. I'm Jordan. It's been Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is next. Talk to you tomorrow.